Hey y'all, it's Justine Mentor from Mentor Management. I'm an LA-based dance choreographer and educator turned career coach, and I'm all about inspiring, motivating, and educating professional dancers. I'm so excited to bring you Dance Careers Unfiltered, where we chat about the nitty-gritty behind the business side of the entertainment industry. The stuff that people don't know, they need to know. Let's dive in. Welcome to Dance Careers Unfiltered. Today, I'm joined by Caitlin Sloan, aka the Brainy Ballerina. I kind of feel like her and I are two sides of the same coin. We both mentor dancers and their careers and deal with all the behind the scenes, me in the commercial realm and Caitlin in the ballet world. We talk about the similarities and differences, but let's get real, mostly the similarities and our favorite traits in young dancers. Please welcome Caitlin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Happy Tuesday. You too. So why don't we, I guess, just start with you introducing who you are and a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, awesome. So my name is Caitlin Sloan. I'm the founder of the Brainy Ballerina. Uh, Before I started the Brainy Ballerina, I was a professional ballet dancer for nine years. I retired in 2018. Uh, I've been teaching pretty much the whole time I was dancing professionally. I was the director of the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet while I was teaching and then, or while I was dancing, and then I retired and ended up moving really quickly after my husband and I was kind of in a transition period. I wasn't teaching for a little bit. I was the administrator for a school, which wasn't my ideal career. And so I started the Brainy Ballerina kind of as a way to feed that side of me who wanted to still educate and be in the dance world in that sense. Um, And so I started just really as a resource of like printable resources for teachers or dancers to use to learn more about ballet and the industry. And since then, I've really just evolved the business a lot. And um, what I learned is that dancers are getting so much information about technique in their classes, but they're not learning. I'm sure you've seen this too. They're not learning about how to make a career about how the industry works and so I just I kept getting so many questions in my inbox all the time about those things specifically and it was like okay these are things that I thought people knew and I'm thinking okay now they really don't so I just started you know getting more into the mentoring side of things and helping answers with their career and just navigating that part of the whole industry. Wow. Okay. So you were teaching while you were performing still. So that was kind of like your side thing or which was more of like your main thing during that time? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I first started dancing professionally, yeah, I would like dance from nine to three each day and then teach from four to nine. So when I first started, it was like, yes, my teaching was just how I paid the bills. Yeah. Um, Because it's much more lucrative in my case, at least that was more lucrative than my dancing, you know, for for paycheck. So that's how I paid the bills. And it was like, I enjoyed it. It was, I liked a lot better than what I didn't do before, like waitressing and that kind of stuff. Um, But it wasn't like, I would have not done it if I didn't have to at first. Right. I was like, I'd be okay. Just dancing. Um, But then as I went through my career, I got to a point where I realized that I was looking forward to teaching so much more than Mm. dancing. And that's when I kind of realized, okay, I think it's time to retire. I just got to that point where I just felt a lot more fulfillment in that side of um, my career. So it just shifted, actually. Yeah, your like your priorities changed and your passions changed. Yeah, yeah. I feel like dancers really need permission to do that because I feel like we base our whole identity off of like being a performer and like living for the stage and for the camera now. And it's like, no, there's it's okay to like shift into different things and let that happen and. I just want to make, you know, I'm, I know that you share this philosophy, like it's okay to shift and change what you do and you should. 
you know, yeah. your life isn't going to stay the same forever. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like, I think when you're first dancing, you know, you have this idea that like, oh, I don't want to be just a dance teacher. Like there's always this right. just to everything. And then you realize like, this is actually a really fulfilling and amazing career that takes uh, just as much skill as being a professional dancer. And when you start to shift okay. into that mindset and really, you know, see your students in that sense, instead of just being like, oh, here's my, I gotta go teach my classes. Yeah. When it comes more part of you, then you're like, okay, this is really something that I feel so passionate about. And I feel like I can make an impact on people's lives this way. And that for me was the biggest thing, like feeling like I was making more of an impact on other people's lives lives when I was teaching yeah absolutely focusing on that positive on the positivity I guess <laughs> yeah so it's interesting yeah I would have no idea because I mean I trained in ballet but I'm I did not dip into that world professionally and it's it's like two sides of the same coin right like ballet obviously most people train in it I, I don't know if it's even as much these days I feel like a lot of people are eliminating it from their programs, which is bananas, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I'm sure you think the same. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm curious, like what that side, like what the similarities are in that and commercial world. And like, I don't know, just navigating the professional ballet world um, in, in terms of companies. Like, what is that? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, I have no experience in commercial work. Like, I've never done that. So that's not totally, like, a side of the dance world that I know nothing about, really. So it's really interesting, I think, having this conversation yeah. uh, from these different sides. I mean, totally. for ballet dancers, you know, you're, you're, usually your goal is to be on contract. So you want to get into a company and you want to have a steady job, you know, and that typically looks like from, like, September through May or June. Okay. Then you have the summers off, typically. So that's a lot of the time the goal. There's a lot more freelance work now, I think, than there was when I was auditioning. Mm -hmm. um, but that was that was really the ultimate goal is to have that job security. And you want to be staying in the company. You know, ultimately, you hope to get your contract renewed each year and have that security in right. your job and that stability. So as a ballet dancer in a company, do you have like benefits? Is it a salary job? Like how does that work in terms of financials? It depends. Um, for me, yes, I was on salary. I think that's pretty common to have your weekly salary. But, you know, okay. when you're on layoff or when you're in the summers, you're not getting paid for those summer. weeks. It's not okay. like you're still getting that. You couldn't file for unemployment if you are on the contract okay. during that time. Um, but, um, yeah, I didn't ever have benefits with my job. Um, ours was more informal. Like, we had connections with local doctors or physical therapists or yeah. um, that kind of thing that we could reach out to who would work with us and see us if we didn't have health care, but we didn't necessarily have like a 401k or health care benefits like right. that, you know, for us. I know some companies do like larger companies yeah. will have those benefits. Um, so it really just depends on where you're dancing yeah. and something definitely to consider. And like I never danced in a unionized company. And so if you're in the union company, mm -hmm. then those things will be more prevalent. You'll have more access to that kind of yeah. um, benefits. Totally. That's the, that's the same in the, in the commercial world. I mean, right. granted you won't have a, super steady gig or you know it's not like a company job where you're going to be on it on season typically i mean obviously you can um you know be on tour or do a residency somewhere you know go to vegas and do jlo show or whatever it is you know those things are a little bit longer contracts but typically you know you're not getting those benefits you're not getting health insurance and but yeah it's yeah it's like it's pretty tough yeah we don't know that part of it I had to actually turn down work recently because of like 
different policies from my husband's insurance company. And I've had to actually be like, okay, I can't do this. I can't work at this particular institution because they're like, they're offering me insurance and this one can't offer me insurance. Like so complicated and so ridiculous. And you're like, I just want to, just want to teach. I just want to work, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's so true. It's, uh, that's the thing that's so hard to navigate because you just think it's so straightforward and then it's like, yeah, every single job has different benefits, different, yeah, things like that that you never even think about. I can't take this job because it doesn't offer the right thing or they don't complement each other and it, it can be really frustrating. Ugh, it is so frustrating. Adulting, right? Like, yes. <laughs> the worst. Oh my gosh. Well, then tell me then, so now that we're on the topic of companies, tell me like, how are you, I guess the, the topic of in question is like, how to make yourself invaluable in a company. And I know this from the more commercial side. So I ran a company here in LA for many, many years, but it was not a typical ballet company. And we were also not a nonprofit. So I'm curious your take on this as well from your side of like how to continue or how to get the best positions while you're on the company and to keep yourself working. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to add value, right? So like a director is looking for someone who is going to add value and make their life honestly easier, make their company stronger, make everything run better. And so for some dancers, that's by being the best technician or the best performer. Um, But we're not all necessarily as strong in those areas. And so I think there are other areas you can add value to a company, even if that is, even if you're not like the number one technician in the company. Um, you know, it's, I think the biggest thing, and this probably makes sense because of my, um, business, you know, name, but being a smart dancer, you know, being a brainy ballerina, like just being able to be the person who can show up and be consistent, be reliable, know what's going on. Like that person is going to be so valuable in a company. Uh, if you can be the one who's like, I always know the choreography. I can step in for anyone. I know the counts. I can, I know what I'm always the same. I'm always consistent. I'm on time. Like that seems like such an obvious thing, but like how many dancers are on time, you know? And like, um, you know, bringing a positive energy to the studio. Like I've seen amazing dancers not get rehired on their contract because they were just so toxic to the rest of the company. And like, I think people think if you're just a good enough dancer, you can get away with that stuff. But if it's going to bring the entire organization down, then Mm -hmm. you're not going to keep your job. And so it's, it's things like that, you know, that are going to make you just so much more valuable and you even realize and I think we get so laser focused on like getting our six turns or whatever we want to do and we forget that like it's an organization it's a company and they have to run smoothly and you have to bring a certain level of work work ethic and just consistency to your job to really be valuable have you found that people tend to hire people that are have shown those traits like high work ethic and consistency being on time things like that as opposed to people who are like diva dancer with those six turns and and all of that do do you find that there's a tendency towards that I don't know in the initial hiring process. It depends. I think if you go to an open casting call, then they're not going to see those qualities right away. They might, like, if you're on one end of the spectrum, they might notice. But for the average person, they're not going to necessarily notice those qualities, you know. But if you go to, like, an intensive for the summer with the hopes of getting a contract, that's where if maybe you're not a great auditioner, maybe you aren't, like, the flashy dancer who's going to really stand out in audition, Mm -hmm. that's where you can show yourself your other strengths, you know, an intensive where you have three or four weeks to work together 
and then you can show all these other qualities that you have that make you so valuable. Like that was my whole story. I never did that great in open auditions. Mm -hmm. um, but if I would go to the intensive, I would always get an offer at the end to either stay for their program, right. join the company, whatever it was, because they liked working with me. And at the right. end of the day, it's like, you want somebody who's easy to work with, you know, and not in the way yeah. of you're being a pushover, but in a way that you are receptive and you are, you know, an active participant and you're ready to work. That's what people want. Um, and so, yeah, no, yeah. just being, um, the difference between showing up initially versus yeah. you get yeah. to spend time with them and how they get to, to view you in that way. Once, yeah. once they can be in the room with you for longer than just yeah. the initial audition. And I think for career longevity even more, because that's the other thing too. Like I know a lot of dancers who got a contract for one season and then didn't get renewed. And like, they've just bounced around mm -hmm. or your reputation starts to precede you and you go to auditions and people know you and they're like, maybe not, you know? So okay. I think like, yeah, you might get the job at first, but if you're looking to have career longevity to work in the industry for a long time, it's how mm -hmm. you show up every single day and how you work so much more than, you know, the one audition that you go to. So are there any funny, do you have any funny stories of like anyone in, like you were saying, an initial audition just being like embarrassing or doing something where they're like, oh, we don't want to work with that person. Like what are some funny examples in the ballet world of that? I just, I remember, this is so funny because I haven't thought about this in like probably since the day it happened, but I remember one audition, we had a lot of company class auditions. Um, and so I remember one time auditioner came and we were doing like our ballet bar and we did okay. the balance and she must've held this balance for like two minutes, you know, at the end. And everyone's just like standing there, like, like we're ready to move on to the next combination. <laughs> right. And it's like, we get it. You have okay. the balance, you know, like it's things like that where you think that you're like showing how strong you are showing off and it's like yes okay <laughs> that's no. not read the room <laughs> I'm totally thinking about center stage and like the girl <laughs> who goes and she, and she does like more pirouettes than the director asked for and she's like well I just thought it would I could fit it in here and then they're like no, we need a clean double or whatever it is. Exactly. I mean, and that's one of the hugest things I think, like when it comes to auditions is like that being detail oriented and not being like, well, they said two, but they probably want to see three. Like if they don't specify, yeah, put, put it all out there, do what you can do. But if they right. specifically say like, I want this and this, do that. <laughs> because what they're really looking for in that moment is someone who can follow direction. Right. So it's just, yeah, I think it's, um, you think that this is the moment I have to just like show everything I can do. And it's like, right. but maybe, what they really want to see is can you follow directions can you dance with the core especially if you're like in a ballet company audition you're auditioning for the core of ballet you're not really going there for a soloist or principal audition like if you're coming into a new company for that position you're probably being recruited more so you're not going to an open casting call right so like in that moment they want to know can you dance with the core of ballet and if you're constantly like showing off or doing something that's right. not what they asked for they're going to be like hey this person's going to be a pain to get you know with everyone else together we're not going to yeah. like spend the time doing that so i think yeah there's ways you can you can show you can show off your stuff and like mm -hmm. um there's times for that but it's definitely recognizing when's the right time to give it a little bit extra oomph and when's the right time to like show off by doing what was asked <laughs> totally so interesting i was while you were talking about that i was thinking about like what you show at a one-off audition versus what you show when you're in the rehearsal process or on the job and do you have any tips for bringing who you are really authentically in the rehearsal room into an audition setting because i know it's really it's tough to 
show that. Like, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. Like, I wasn't, like, the best auditioner. I was, like, really heady. I I would get in my head, and then I would only want to be on the other side of the table, and I'd start, like, critiquing the production and start, like, thinking about things like that. So it it would distract me. And then I wasn't able to show exactly who I was as a performer and what I could offer as a professional because I was not the best auditioner. So I don't know if, I don't know if this is something you want to tackle. Like, how do you, how do you yeah. bring that? How do you yeah, bring that? I think I totally agree with that. I was exactly the same way. And I think it comes down to knowing what your strengths are and playing to those strengths. Because I think when you walk in the audition room, you see, oh my gosh, she has crazy extension. She can do a million turns. Like, you just look around, you see everyone else, and all of a sudden you feel like you need to do what they're doing. And okay, it's like, you're not going to just do that for the first time in an audition. Right. So it's about like just cutting out that noise around you and not mm-hmm. focusing on anyone else but yourself because it doesn't matter. I think we like we go into that comparison trap like instantly like well she's going to get the job and it's like you don't know what they're looking for. True. You have no idea. Just focus on yourself like cut out the extra noise and just think about what your strengths are and show that off. Like if you know that you are super detail oriented and that you can pick up like tiny details and do that. If you know that you're like have brilliant apelman and you're a great performer, like do that, like do the thing that you're really good at. Don't say, okay, oh my gosh, I have to do seven periods because she did six and I'm not going to get the job if I don't do more. And I'm going to like, then you just get in that frantic energy and that's when you get the, yeah. the nervous energy, you know, instead of like the helpful butterflies where it's like, you're excited. It's like that yeah. nervous, happy energy. So I think, right. yeah, it's just knowing what you're good at and, and doing that. For sure. It's like ditching the self mentality, you know, and kind of being like, I remember hearing this once in a commercial workshop, but like having the mentality of like, how can I be of service? You know, how, how can I help? How can I be in a situation to boost the production, whether it's a ballet company or whether it's the Grammys, how can I elevate what they're doing and help them reach their goals? You know, so that, um, and I feel like that's definitely a good mentality to employ because, you know, otherwise you're in it for you and everyone's going to see right through that. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It's easier said than done for sure. And it's, of course, you want to find a job that does fulfill you. Like, there is a personal aspect to it, but it's like, it has to be a a relationship. That's the thing I think about a job is it's a relationship and that's a two-way street. So it's not just saying, what can they give to me? What can I, it's what can I give to them? And how can we help each other mutually reach our goals? Uh, I think it's going to get you so much further in your career. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm thinking back about all the things that like, I wish I would have known when I was in my auditioning phase you know but um, mm-hmm. what, what do they say hindsight is twenty twenty. oh yeah and I'm like always think too like if I were to go I have all these skills that I've developed and I think yeah. that I but I'm like if I were to go back into the audition room would I go back to those old habits like it takes a lot of self-work and just preparation in that sense to be able to like talk yourself through those moments you know I yeah. even had one last night I went to a ballet class and I haven't been taking class but I yeah. was like I'm gonna take a ballet class okay. and it was really hard and yeah I didn't feel like I had a good I did not have a good class like in my mind right and it was like me having to go back and be like you haven't taken ballet class in two years really like you had a kid you've been home like it's been COVID like it's just like but right. instantly I think I should perform at the same level I was performing at as a professional and it's right it's crazy how those things instantly creep back, but it was like really rewarding to see that all this work I've been doing in this arena was like, I was able to recognize those feelings and be like, okay, I recognize that you're trying to help me 
but like this isn't actually helpful. Yes. You know, I need to just take this class for what it is for me today, which is just wanting to enjoy dancing, you know, not to be a professional on stage at this point. And it's those feelings keep creeping back, but it's like just welcoming them and just saying, okay, you're not really giving me anything helpful. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't productive. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I, I don't need that. So I think that's something you can do audition, you know, it's just when you notice something like that, acknowledge the emotion, the uncomfortableness, the fear, the nerves, whatever you're feeling, acknowledge it and say, I, I realize you're trying to keep me safe. You're trying to keep me, help me do better. Yeah. It's not actually helping me. So right. thank you, but goodbye. And, you know, just focus on what you need to do. And I think for me, the best auditions I ever had were the ones where I was like, I'm getting this job. Yeah. Like sometimes I'd walk in and I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a company that I'm like qualified for. I don't know if I'm going to okay. get this job. But if I walked in there and I was like, I don't care. Like I need this job. This is kind of my last ditch effort. And I want to dance here. And I love this company. Like I got the job because I went out there and just was like, this is it. Laid it all on the floor. And that's all you can yeah. really do. You know, just put yourself out there. Like, right. and I know it's easy for me to say on the other end of the <laughs> spectrum of like, who cares if you fall on your face, but like I have fallen on my face and still gotten the job. Right. It's like, that's if you have to be able to make mistakes. And if, and I think in environments that allows you to make mistakes is the one you want to work in. So if you put it all out there and, and if you make a mistake, like they want to see how you deal with it, you know, in your audition, I think a lot of times people are worried, like I messed up that combination but it actually is a huge opportunity when you mess up because then you have the chance to show what you would do in that situation on stage or how you deal with it because things things happen so I think that's actually a huge opportunity for auditioner to be able to see like wow she fell down and she was back up one count later right on the music you know whatever it is it's it's take it as a positive if those things happen definitely I'm so like I'm so envious of you that you were able to go and take a ballet class and like that you did that that's awesome. Well, I just started, I, I wasn't like teaching in person. I just started teaching in person again this fall. And okay. I had been using a studio to like, just give myself far and just like, yeah. so I was like, I'm not ready. But finally yeah. I was like, okay, I think I need to go like to an actual class. And so, and yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where, you know, at this stage of my life and being a mom of a toddler, it's very meditative. And like, <laughs> it's, um, you know, yeah. some time time. That you can get for yourself is yeah quite the accomplishment yeah so i teach on monday nights yeah so i already teach there's class afterwards so i was like i'm just staying for this class i gotta just put it on my schedule like yeah i don't know if i would have gotten out of the house for it on its own but like right i'm already there so i'm just yeah i made the commitment so yeah it's good (laughs) yeah i was thinking about doing that um tomorrow i'm teaching my first in-person well i taught a couple in-person classes like last spring but it was outside and it was it wasn't really a authentic dance teaching experience you know so (laughs) tomorrow I get into a studio with dancers some that I haven't even met I've only been teaching online for the last you know 22 months so I'm so I'm I don't even have the words I'm I'm so excited and I'm like kind of nervous but I'm like I've been doing this forever like it's fine and then I'm, but I'm so excited and I'm thinking about staying after to just like, yeah, just do it. Stand in the back in the corner. Yeah. I haven't done pretty much anything since I had my child slash before that, my last child, because I have like 18 kids now. <laughs> How old is your little one? 
he just turned two. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of, he's like, he's in that phase where he like, just like grows leaps and bounds like daily. Like, I'm like, you just learned six new words today. Like, when did you start? To, you know, know. He's just in that phase. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's constant. And um, it's awesome to see. And them phase. Yeah, it's exhausting. So yeah, like, it's funny because I would, I used to think I'm not going to like have the energy to go to ballet class after doing that all day. And now I'm like, Right. Well, this is actually so much easier. Um, yeah, in its own way. In its own way. <laughs> it's your me time. It's your exercise time. It's your like meditative time, like you said. It's like exactly. self care. Exactly. What is right now. That's definitely changed uh, definitions for sure. Yeah. And you're in Madison, right? Yep. Yep. I'm in yeah. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. I heard the accent creep in just a little bit at, at some. <laughs> and I'm actually from Michigan. Time. Okay. So yeah, I'm from I'm from the Midwest, but yeah, from Michigan. Lived in Missouri for a long time, Indiana, mm-hmm. and I'm in Wisconsin. So I ha- yeah, I think I am starting to develop the Wisconsin like nasal though a little bit. <laughs> it's the A's, like yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a Michigan A for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to summer camp in Michigan for like. 10 summers or a lot like uh, many summers where did so you go i went to camp walden okay in sheboygan i don't know is it is that the um up no but it's okay. way up there okay like, maybe like near we would go to mackinac city or mackinac okay, yeah. and like go do that every summer but oh my god i loved it summers and yeah. are like the best they are the best yeah i mean really amazing i haven't been back in so long and then i went to school i went to indiana university so okay i i have i have you know love in my heart for yeah. midwesters yes but probably glad to be in la right now yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah how cold i think is it's it like right 14 now? degrees here right now so no, <laughs> well it's like 65 here and people are like in huge puffy jackets <laughs> um yeah I, I saw some people walking around with gloves on Um, (laughs) y'all need to chill out yeah (laughs) you know it's if it's such if it's even a little bit of a dip than the normal 74 you know Mm -hmm. then people are like okay busting out my winter gear when else am i gonna wear it yeah that's true it's all relative right like yeah if you were 65 here we'd be wearing shorts and probably like in the pool so (laughs) i remember being at indiana and once it first once it started like thawing out over the winter like turning into spring and it was like 55 and everyone was outside in like t-shirts oh yeah and shorts and whatever but if you had that here it'd be like absolutely no way yeah oh for sure <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for hanging with me today i'm so glad that we were able to like provide perspectives from different sides of the dance world and it's all connected it's all connected and oh yeah i think those principles those values across the board are the same totally i agree so tell everyone where they can find you and how to connect with you sure yes you can follow me on instagram at the brainy ballerina um you know the link in my my link tree has all my links for like my website my blog um you know all those things that you can find if you want to connect with me so okay well thank you so much caitlin i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week of course you too all right bye thanks so much for listening don't forget to check out mentor.management on Insta and just see mentor.com slash mentormanagement. That's M-N-T-R-M-G-M-T. Check out the show notes to find links to my offerings and today's guest. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. See you next time.